Let's get after it. Ooh, that sounded kind of good. Ooh, no, that was very up in my nasal area. Okay, anyways. All right, and we are back for another week. This is our first episode during Black History Month, so props for that. Very excited for that. Well, yeah, we should probably introduce the show. All right, hello, my name is Tatiana. And my name is Maddie. And you're listening to Villain Vista our podcast that is recorded from opposite coast of the country. I'm from New York. And I am from California. And this is probably not the only podcast that's recorded over Zoom, but it's our favorite podcast that's recorded over Zoom, and we hope it's yours too. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. All right. Maddie, how was your week before we get into the meat of what we want to do today? What's been going on? Oh, our- our pits and peaks. Yeah, let's do some pits and peaks. Um, pit of the week. Oh, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. School's really kicking my butt this week. Um, and it's only Wednesday when we're recording. So i um, just trying to get back on the grind of things. But, you know, we'll get there. And then um, my peak of the week Peak of the week. I like that. My, it's my dad's birthday weekend. Woo! But most importantly, it's Super Bowl weekend. And also, I'm going to go see alpacas with my cousins on Saturday. Oh, I love that. That will be fun. Not to be like that girl that's so out of touch. I didn't even realize Super Bowl was this weekend. I Like when you said that, I had to even think about who was playing. But it, it clicked. But I just had it is the the Kansas City Chiefs back to back, and uh, Tom Brady and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Didn't we'll see like how that pans out. In the Buccaneers, and you're saying he the did Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those are his Buccaneers, dude. I thought that was weird how he like moved from a New England. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. From the Patriots, super so. interesting. Yeah, I mean, but, I don't you know. follow that world enough to like know why decisions are made. So but I was when I heard that he was moving on from the Patriots, I was like, "Ooh, that's interesting." Because I mean, if you ever spent any time in Boston, like people are all about Tom Brady and the Patriots. Oh yeah, that was a nuts trade because I remember that trade came out, and then they announced that Gronk was coming back out of retirement, and I was just like, "What's happening down in Florida?" We'll see if uh, Tom Brady gets, I think it's, he's trying to go for number six or he's trying to go for number seven. I'm not sure. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're one, I don't know what position he plays, but Travis Kels, I'm obsessed with him (laughs) and his girlfriend. Oh my God. I literally stalked their entire life on Instagram. I think her name is Kayla, if memory serves. Love her. She's amazing. They're beautiful. They broke up for a while and I was depressed. I felt like my parents had gotten divorced again. Uh Uh-huh. But then they got back together. And I mean, my real life parents are still separated, but like that gave me, you know, that gave me some joy. Oh, wait. Also, speaking on the sports world, I have and relationships that we are both obsessed with. Mr. Tyler Hero just came out with his own cereal. Okay. When we say relationships, we're both obsessed with. I'm obsessed with him, but not his girlfriend. I, mean, I don't really know his girlfriend. I, you know, I'm sure she's lovely. Women support women. We love that on this podcast. But, yes. And also, I don't really follow his career that much. I mean, I just like to admire a pretty face in the most respectful way possible. <laughs> Super respectful. 
He just, let me just tell you this. The name of his cereal is Heroes Fruit Hoops. What? I would have gone with Heroes. Heroes. Yeah. O's, letter O. Heroes Fruit Hoops. And I think it's to benefit Hero Foundation, maybe. Oh, okay. So it's for, for a cause. All right. I can get behind that. Yeah, but it's really funny that he dropped the cereal. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that up. That was my peak. <laughs> okay. I literally, that went on, but like, I love that. How about you? How about you? What's your what's going on in your week? I think my pit is like pretty much the same as yours. I've just been super busy with like I had sorority recruitment all last week. That's why last week's episode came out a little bit late. That's my fault, but hope you still enjoyed it. If you haven't checked that out yet, definitely check it out. And you know, on top of that, I've had like homework and life. So it's definitely been a little hard. I've been feeling a little exhausted for sure, but you know, the life of a student. Mm-hmm. And my peak, oh, I received a bid from the sorority that I clicked with on day one. So I was super excited about that. And I'm really excited for that new journey and to be a part of such an amazing group of women. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then my other peak of the week is that it's Black History Month. And um, that's just really exciting to celebrate and get involved in and just learn more about the history and the culture of my people. And I'm looking forward to continuing to do that research and sharing that with you all. Because it's interesting to me and I hope it's interesting to you as well. Yes, I'm excited. To get into this, Maddie, I definitely, and I had texted you about this a little bit earlier in the day because I wanted you to have time to think about it. But Black History Month is obviously a thing that's been around. I think it's been officially recognized as like a time to celebrate during February, the shortest month of the year, Mm -hmm. to celebrate the achievements and accomplishments in history of African Americans. So I think that's been since like the 1960s or 70s. I'm not exactly sure, but I can look that up and do a follow-up next week. So obviously it's been around for longer than we've been alive. So Maddie, I would love to know, growing up in California, going to school in California, you went to public school, correct? I did. How was Black History Month celebrated, recognized, et cetera, in your school? I want to say that in elementary school, um, it was kind of like a, um, it was obviously recognized and celebrated, right and yes i do come from a place that is more diverse than some um i grew up in southern california but still you know my school was more of like like the way i saw um like the population the diversity at my school was like oh there's a bunch of filipino kids there's some white kids there's some mexican kids we had some black kids but like there was never like a thing where it was like one race or one ethnicity was overly represented, right? Um, And so I guess that's how we grew up, how I grew up. I kind of saw it as like, I knew it was in February. I knew it was the beginning of the month. We celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, And one memory that pops into my brain is um, we, I don't know if you have have ever watched it, but um, there's a film Um, It came out in 1999. It was an animated film that also like put in some 
um, actual like scenes or recorded events. It's called Our Friend Martin. Um, we oh. watch that every single year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We I watch it every single that. year in elementary school. Right. And like, I just remember watching it in, from kindergarten to sixth grade. Right. I, that was like a movie. It was on like every single day. So it's, your teacher could like tune into whenever the lesson would fit. Right. And so that's kind of when I, I want to say that like, they obviously, I mean, obviously a lot of us learned more about Martin Luther King Jr. Um, in our like elementary schooling, I would feel, at least for me, that's what happened with us. Um, so elementary school is pretty much just like, we learned about civil rights, kind of. We learned about what Martin Luther King Jr. did. We watched our friend Martin um, and that was kind of it. And then middle school, kind of, we kind of expanded a little bit to really talk about like, um, racism and how that uh, played out during that time because it, we were older and we could talk about it more. Um, and then high school was when it was really like Black History Month, like let's learn about more people than Martin Luther King Jr. There was obviously more people, right? Yes. Yes, we did learn about Rosa Parks. We learned about, you know, other uh, civil rights activists and stuff like that. But yeah, I feel like our education, my education was very much like civil rights based. Um, it wasn't like, you know, there was never, there was extra discussion, but like, obviously in our curriculum, what was set out for us was like, what fit in during Black History Month was, oh, let's talk about the civil rights. Let's talk about what happened. But I do remember having resources like throughout my years of schooling at the libraries or my teachers with like autobiographies, books. I remember, I, I swear I remember like in elementary school, we had a project during Black History Month where we each did a research um, project on a prominent African-American in our, in our history. So like, I think, I wanna say I ironically did mine on George Washington Carver, um, the father of the peanut, which yeah. I'm allergic to. Oh. But, like. <laughs> Yeah, so we did, I mean, I want to say that we did stuff like that. Um, I'm not going to say that we like, but that's kind of what I grew up um, learning about. But like, as, you know, as we got, as I got older, and like, I could understand more things, I think teachers understood that. And so they tried to actively talk about it, not just in Black History Month, like we tried to talk about um, civil rights movement and stuff like that like throughout the year but I want to say my junior year in high school I'm going to bring up this teacher again uh Don Dumas he was really just like all year he was like we're going to talk about these things we're going to talk about why it happened who these people were and like what effects we're seeing in our world yeah. um and then like yeah but yeah I don't I don't think we had like a set you know, lesson plan. I mean, obviously teachers probably like, we're like, we have to celebrate it because this is something that is very prominent, but like, I don't think it was like a, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, we, we definitely acknowledge that it was Black History Month and, but I don't think we like dove deep and as deep as we could. Um, that came with more like the specific teachers like I would have and yeah. like the discussions that I would have with those teachers. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like I had a similar experience.
at least in terms of having those deeper conversations with like specific teachers but I don't really ever recall there being like any type of like kind of like you were saying like big like lesson plan now I mean I had a very I had an an opposite experience to Maddie in that I went to a predominantly white private school from pre-k to 12th grade so 14 years of my life I was you know in a predominantly white private school so I would say that like lower school which was like elementary school in middle school I do have memories of learning like what I like to call Martin Luther King Rosa Parks Black History where it is obviously very important and you know we pay our respect middle school I do have memories of learning like what I like to call Martin Luther King Rosa Parks Black History where it is obviously very important and you know we pay our respects and we acknowledge the stride those two individuals made in my community to uh, further this movement along in the sacrifice and the dedication. But there were other people who did different things, who took different approaches. And I think Martin Luther King Jr. I think is this publicly known face and obviously he had this very peaceful um i have a dream type philosophy that i think resonates with white people because i think it's a little bit easier to digest yeah agreed which you know i and it's obviously a good and i think his message was clear and it worked and that i have a dream speech is actually a speech that i was i've been studying in one of my classes in a rhetorical theory class because of the effect that it has it had on the crowd then and the effect that it still has on us now i mean it is a really powerful speech and he was an amazing speaker an amazing public speaker and you know we're obvious i think you can watch that speech to this day and still get a little you know misty-eyed and it's been what almost 50 yeah like 50 50 plus years since he gave that speech. So, you know, I think I definitely got like the very base level stuff. And then I obviously was very fortunate to have parents that would talk to me about these types of things as well. And I have to give a shout out to a a very special teacher that I had who she sadly passed away a few years ago, Miss Carter. She, um, I think she helped get a, like Black History Month assembly off the ground at my school. But I think after she left the school, I feel like that kind of faded out, which I don't really know why, but you know. Yeah. Uh, And then I think in high school, I have, I don't really remember there being like a Black History Month assembly or anything. Like I, I really don't remember, but I do know that the associate head of school decided to have like a diversity coalition, which I doesn't, I don't know. We can get into that a, di- a different day, but just basically students of color, we would meet like once 
every few weeks, I think, for lunch. And like Eliana was a part of it. Our friend Eliana was also in on some of these meetings because she's also a woman of color. And we would just kind of talk about like different issues at the school. And I feel like I have a memory of, and I don't know, I wasn't particularly involved in this assembly because I don't know what, I don't remember why, but like some of the underclassmen like took, uh, took it upon themselves to do a presentation, which, you know, I, great. I support that. And I remember they like started to play our friend Martin and then they kind of stopped and were like, this isn't like a real representation of like black history or whatever. And I think I, and I remember thinking like, this is really powerful. And I, I appreciate these girls for stepping up and saying something. But I also remember feeling like it shouldn't fall on the students to teach the other students about Black History Month and implicit biases and things like that. And I remember feeling a little bit disappointed that that was happening. Yeah. Because, I mean, although, yes, it is my history, I don't really feel like I should have to go and teach other people my age. Yeah, no, I get that. So, or like my teachers, these things. So I remember feeling a little bit at odds with that. But I mean, yeah, that's kind of like what my experience was like. And I mean, I had my parents and then I had, you know, some teachers that would take the time to discuss these important topics and things. But in school, and history is one of my favorite topics. It's one of my favorite subjects, I mean. And I just genuinely feel like if somebody were like, oh, like, let's have a discussion about, you know, a historical event, I would probably be able to tell you more about, like, European history than African-American history. Yeah. Like, African history at all. I don't think I've ever taken an African history class. I would love to, but I feel like in terms of African history, my knowledge pretty much ends at, like, slave trade stuff. And um, I would like to know more. And I mean, I can put a little bit of backlash on myself. And I mean, I could take the time to research these things. But I think, you know, being an American, when we talk about American history, I feel like the Paul Revere, the British are coming, the presidents, all that stuff is kind of like what's pushed, Mm -hmm. which is interesting to me. Do I think it's wrong or right? I don't know. But I think it's something that's worth discussing. And I think, like, as I got older, like, right now, I'm starting to, like, really think, like, when we say it's Black History Month, I don't think the conversation should end or genuinely start. I mean, yes, it's a good start. But, like, like we were saying, it's very much, like, it feels to me sometimes a lot of people just approach it as, it's civil rights movement month. It's not like, it's just, they they talk about Martin Luther King, like you said, Rosa Parks, um, Ruby Bridges. They talk about desegregation. They talk about the bus boycotts. Um, If you're lucky, your teacher will talk about um, the 16th street um, Baptist church bombing. If anybody knows, you know, they talk about very prominent times in that, regard but I like I feel like I feel like as a society as people we need to put it on ourselves 
to like be like what what is this celebrating this shouldn't just be celebrating you know it shouldn't just be civil rights month like i just i feel like an honest obviously i can do my own research and i can like seek things but like it just it's crazy that just that so many people when you think black history month they're like oh just martin luther king month yeah it's it's kind of like there's this notion that black history quote-unquote black history in america started with i have a dream exactly and it starts with like the struggle yeah and it's like a lot of people think that the struggle i i've talked to people that think that the struggle um started at slavery stopped for a little bit and then started again in the civil rights movement and and i'll say it again i truly believe that slavery was a lot worse than we will ever know and what are my sources i don't have any on that i mean but just from what we've seen it's so awful but i just feel like there's more that we don't know and will we ever know we don't know exactly there's no way to know but i just have this like gut feeling and it's just like of course we know that slavery was a thing and that you know this country is land that was stolen from the native americans and was built by africans that were enslaved and brought here against their will and i mean america does have a long and dark history so many atrocities have happened in such a short amount of time i mean how old is this country what not even 300 so what if you really give it it's like 1776 right seven it's not even so not even 300 years old no so we have 250 maddie and myself we are not history experts we are not african-american studies experts these are our, our opinions and if we did any outside research we will be sure to um give credit to those researchers but this is just kind of a conversation about you know our thoughts if that wasn't clear but just yeah. want to say that these are our opinions solely okay so there were slaves in the americas prior to the signing of the declaration of independence because you know like the colonies were here and there were slaves working in the colonies and what is it is it in the declaration of independence or no 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 what in the constitution what document you know the three-fifths thing three-fifths compromise yeah the three-fifths compromise i don't know if that's in the i don't think it's it's in the declaration of independence it might be in the articles of um okay well while she's finding out what document that was located in i just want to make this point so from this country's founding this country one of our founding principles is freedom correct maddie yes so from the beginning black people in america were seen as three-fifths of a person also it was in the constitution so So in the constitution in our founding documents black people are seen as three-fifths of a person that to me that is like insane because I don't understand how anyone could 
have these principles of freedom, but then reduce another human being to be looked at as three fifths of a person, essentially as property. Oh, definitely as property. Yeah. The only reason that they were acknowledged as a person was so that people could get more votes. Um, Exactly. That's what I was taught, and I think that's what the general public was taught. But, like, um, the reason, one of the reasons behind the three-fifths compromise, let's call it what it is, the three-fifths compromise. So a compromise is meeting in the middle. And so there's one side that says, no, they're not, that, that shouldn't even be, they don't have a vote. That's not a thing. And then there's another side that we don't know if they were really like, no, um, my property should count as one vote. But there was still that bias and that like belief that Black people weren't uh, deserving of the title of a full person. Yeah. And I mean, we're not going to get into this full, like the whole, but like Black men, it wasn't women. It was just Black men, I'm pretty Girl, sure. Girl, don't even get me started. Yeah. I didn't want to like get into get into it, but like that's that's what it was. It was it was my prop because I have so much of this property. So you're already reducing it to you're an object, right? Because I have so much of this, I want more votes. And people were saying, people were saying, no. I don't want you to have those votes. And also, we don't even think your property, quote unquote property, should be counted as a person. And that's just like insane to, to like think, right? Because the founding, like people came to America to escape religious persecution. There was, I don't think it was racial persecution no, because they were all white. They were all yeah. white. So they were escaping not things that they were born as, but a religion that they were choosing to practice. So it all started kind of as a choice, right? I mean, if, and again, this is all my opinion. I don't want, I'm not an expert, but like they were escaping religious persecution. And so exactly. they came to America like you said, based based on the ideals of freedom, they wanted to be free from religious persecution. They wanted to be free from, and then as, yeah, and then as um, the colonies started developing, they wanted to be free from the king. They wanted, they felt like they were being oppressed, right? And so you hear that rhetoric, you read these documents and all of that, and you're like, so then how do you not see, like even people that try to use these documents as arguments, how do you not see the, yes, like you said, hypocrisy, and also how do you not see the parallels between what our founding fathers were fighting for and what, and the freedoms that Black people in America are fighting for? I don't, I don't understand how people don't get it, but that's just me, and again, that's me as a, and I'm a Asian, I'm Asian American, I'm and I'm, I don't want to speak on behalf of anybody, but like that's kind of how I see it, right? Because that's I don't know, but but like as history goes, I guess that's just how it goes. I don't know. I think it's kind of bullshit, but you know. Topic that I really wanted to discuss today 
was the story of Solomon Northrup. So if any of you are familiar with the movie 12 Years a Slave, it is based on a true story. So Maddie and I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. Um, Maddie, you've seen the film, correct? Yes, I watched it in school, actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we watched it as a class. So everyone that was in my class watched the movie, discussed the movie with our fearless leader. Again, going to mention him. Shout out if he ever listens, Coach Dumas. Um, He was very sure to try and educate as much as he could. But yes, uh, going back to the movie, I watched it. I think I've watched it a couple times. Um, okay, wait. The story is insane. Yeah. Now I'm having like a like a memory like that's just come back to me. I do think that there was like a play version, and I do remember my like some actors came to my school and like did this, did Twelve Years a Slave as a play. I don't know if it was during Black History Month. It probably was, but I remember that. I don't know how old I was, but I do remember that happening. But we never, like, watched the film and, like, discussed it. But they did come and perform it at my school. So, a little fun fact. But the reason why I wanted to talk about Solomon Northrup is that he was actually born in upstate New York. So this is kind of, like, history that's close to home for me. And he was a little bit about him, if you don't know who he is or what 12 Years a Slave is. Um... So Solomon Northrup was born in either 1807 or 1808. I've seen on a few different sources, like according to Britannica, he was born in 1807 due to some like documents that were found, but in his memoir, he said he was born in 1808. So 1807 or 1808 in upstate New York, and he was born a free person of color. He was educated as a child. He worked on his family's farm as a child. And his father was actually a slave who was freed after his master died. And he was able to um, get some land and raise his family. And yeah, so Solomon was born free. He got married in 1828 and him and his wife moved off the farm his childhood home farm, and they moved to Saratoga Springs in upstate New York in um, 1834. And yeah, they built a life together. They had three kids. They worked a bunch of, they had like a bunch of odd jobs to support their family, but they were free. They were a part of society. And Northrop was a very talented violinist who would perform at different events. And yeah, so in 1841, he was kidnapped in Washington, D.C., where he was brought under false pretenses. He was told that he was going to perform in like a circus and like play the violin. So he traveled down there to Washington, D.C. from New York with two men who were supposedly a part of the circus and they were going to bring him down to perform. and. Yeah, he woke up one day and he was in chains and he was sold into slavery. And he spent 12 years as a slave, hence the title of the book, his memoir that was turned into a movie. But yeah, he was rescued in 1853, but he spent 12 years as a slave 
had never been a slave before. Like I said before, he was born free. And if you have never seen the movie, it's on Hulu for those who have Hulu subscriptions. So I definitely recommend watching it. As you were discussing, I was reading um, the plot, um, just like refreshing my memory. And I got a memory. I, we watched this, I watched this in eighth grade in 2013, I want to say. Oh, Maybe wow. 14. When it, because it came out in 13. So I think we watched it in 2014. It's kind of an intense movie. So I remember, I remember um, because of a specific scene in the movie, I remember watching it and being like, whoa. What right? scene? Do you remember? Um, yeah, it was uh, the, um, the, the, the whipping scene. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that on a small screen because we're old. We had small screens. But um, I remember watching this, and I, I think it was in middle school when I first saw it. And, and like, I remember, yes, because we watched movies on Fridays. In middle school. Yeah. Again, my eighth grade history teacher was like, she's, I love her. She was my favorite person. Um, and like, she was very sure to try and educate us as much as she could um, to her best ability. Yeah, I remember watching this and I remember sitting next to my friends and I remember us talking about it outside of class. And that's like, in middle school, it's like, you don't talk about anything outside of class. You talk about like, what are you having for lunch? And also like, what are you doing after school? Like we were talking about this movie for like weeks, days, because it was so intense. And like, again, I grew up very sugar-coated stuff you know I, I think like we all did we all did and like the most like the most violence violence we saw was like um when policemen would open up fire hydrants and send dogs and take out their batons and stuff like that and the same stuff we saw this past you know we see now still again different topic yeah but like i do remember watching this movie and feeling like I didn't know it was that bad. And I feel like that's a feeling that a lot of people have when they see yeah. films like this. And I just wanted to wait, pause on what we were saying. And I wanted to just say this really quickly, because now that we're like kind of taking a trip down memory lane, I just also wanted to, I just wanted to say that I did have like good history teachers even though I did go to a predominantly white school, I loved history. It was my favorite topic. It was one of my favorite subjects. I don't know why I keep saying topic. History was one of my favorite subjects in school. And I, I loved my history teachers. And when I, I mean, I kind of switched between, you know, I did some like world history stuff and then American history. But the teachers that I had for the years that we studied American history, they were all amazing. And I definitely did have teachers that focused on, that took time to focus on civil rights and slavery and things Same. like that. So I don't Same. want to make it sound like, you know, those things were never brought up to me and never discussed to me because that's not true. I just think that being in a predominantly white environment, it was kind of hard to, you know, okay, you know that like meme that's like when they're talking about slavery and everyone in your class is looking at you 
it was kind of like that type of feeling. And yeah. I'm trying to say that all of my friends were like, you know, giving me the side eye during the slavery talks. But it was kind of like that feeling where it's like after class, it w- there were, it wasn't like I could like be like, hey guys, like that's crazy, right? Because the effects of slavery, not that my friends don't understand it or that they weren't sympathetic to it, but obviously they're not going to understand, I guess, the the gravity of it in a way. Yeah. And especially at a younger age, at a young age. Exactly. I think, yeah. now, I think now definitely, not to say like, not to be cliche and say that my friends are like a lot more woke and that we're all a lot more woke. But I think as we grow up, we are starting to understand, you know, the seriousness of these topics. I think in school, when you're, you know, you're eight, nine, 10, you're like, oh, okay, Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman, diversity, yeah. But now you're older and you can really see how slavery in the 1800s and the George Floyd movement, how all these events in between are just cause and effects of one another. And I think there's something very powerful about that level of understanding. And, you know, I still have a lot more to learn. I don't want to, I don't want it to come off like I am some, you know, African-American studies goddess. I am very passionate about the history of my people. And I, I want to be more immersed in that. So, but we were talking about 12 years of slave. We'll bring it back yes. to that. Yes. So, yeah. So if you wait, gonna say if you haven't watched it, like Tatiana said, it's on Hulu. Go watch it. You need to watch it. It's Please. a, as my uh, teacher said, it absolute banger movie. It's a great movie. It is a great movie, and please like. It's kind of a hard movie to watch, so please feel free to DM us on the Instagram if you want to talk about it or share your thoughts or, or just text us if you're our friends and have our numbers. Yeah, you, you have our numbers. You have our numbers. So text us, FaceTime us. us, because it is a really good movie. I think it raises a lot of important topics that can still be applied to today, honestly. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's taking place in the mid, like the mid 1800s, I think. Okay, mm-hmm. so like the 1830s. No, 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 no. It takes place in like 1841 to 1853. So yeah. So I think it's still something that should be talked about. And I mean, Solomon Northrup, he was rescued in 1853 and wrote this amazing book. But I think it's important to note that there are other stories like his but there are unfortunately a lot of people who did not have the same the same happy ending and stolen from their families and then lived the rest of their lives as slaves yeah um another film that kind of reflects exactly what you're talking about stories that don't end um super nice you know, if you could even describe it like that. Um, the Birth of a Nation, the 2016 one. Yeah, not, we need to go not, the early 1900s. Don't watch that one. Um, I had to I mean, actually, yeah, I mean, do it, but I also it's not. I think watch the. But it's a very, um, 
It's a racist movie. The, okay, the first birth of a nation is propaganda. Is propaganda yes. the right word? Propaganda for- I would say so. It is basically like an ad celebrating the Ku Klux Klan. Yes. And whoever was president at the time it came out, I believe it was Woodrow Wilson. I can look it up. Yeah, look up what president showed birth of a nation. Um, 1915, so yeah, Woodrow Wilson. Wow, period. See, I know my it, Yeah, it was the first American motion picture to be screened in the White House. A KKK film was screened at the White House and celebrated by the President of the United States. I, I have to repeat this stuff because I need to say it for myself to be like, oh my God, this really happened. And I really want you guys to hear it as well. The gravity of that is just, it, it's just, it's heavy, it really is. And well, that was what, 1915? So. Yeah prior to the civil rights movement, of course, but during like the Jim Crow era, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, Maybe. yeah. But back um, to the uh, 20, 2016 Birth of a Nation, which is also a film that I've seen, but Maddie, yeah, you were talking about it. Yeah, my teacher, um, I actually had to text him and be like, hey, uh, coach, do you remember um, what film he, uh, it, it was showing, um, I think it came out like the year we were a junior. Was this your um, African-American history? Yes. Yes. Can we have him on? Oh, he would love it. I should, I should have asked him. I, I will like rave about him forever. I okay, love him. No, actually ask him. I would, I would love to talk to him. No, I will. Um, I'm going to, that's, that'll kind of segue. So, um, yeah. So he was like extra credit, our movie theater showing this film birth of a nation um it kind of fit well into kind of what we were talking about um in class because it was an a push APOS history class um the film is about uh nat turner so if that name sounds familiar uh like the nat turner slave rebellion in virginia um so that film again is very heavy um and you know it it kind of just I don't know if it's like a biography type thing. Um, I, I'm trying to like recall on, you know, how um, I remember watching. I just remember leaving the theater again with the group of my friends that all went because of the theater was packed because it was all of his students. Because, yes, he offered extra credit, but also all of us just wanted to go watch this movie. Yeah. Right. And so like um, Nat Turner, um, he was um, he had education. He could read. Um, and so like his master's wife, um, caught, uh, side of that and started teaching him, um, how to read. Um, and then he read the Bible with her and then like they had close, um, they were like close, like he lit or he would, um, go into like the main house and like have reading lessons and all of that. And then, um, you know he was reading the Bible with her and then something happened. And then, um, I think her husband forced them to not do that anymore. And so then Nat returned back to the, um, the plantation and then started kind of preaching and teaching other slaves how to read and write. Yeah. Um, and then this kind of just 
all kind of culminates to him forming this rebellion. Um, uh, we talk, uh, we used to learn about like, uh, successful and unsuccessful slave rebellions. I think one of the first successful ones was like a Haitian slave rebellion. And then there was Nat Turner. Um, but like, that's another story. It's another movie. If you don't want to read, um, again, I don't think like we've been saying, I don't think movies and films depict truly how bad it was, but it's a good start. I mean, it's a good movie to watch. It's, it'll spark up a conversation. Um, and yeah. And then kind of how I kind of wanted to kind of like discuss something with you. Um, I noticed that like what we were saying kind of in the beginning and kind of what we've been saying is that like early on, we like early on in education, you talk about the easy stuff. You talk about the stuff that the digestible stuff, the very, like the the very surface level. Yeah. And I think I, there's two things that I've learned, um, that I've studied in my like schooling, not like intensely, but like in elementary school, middle school, right. You learn, you learn that probably the most famous Martin Luther King Jr. speech is I have a dream, his speech, right? You learn about what he said, like, I have a dream, boom. You like study that speech up and down, right? But in 11th grade, I think I study, I studied what I think is Martin Luther King Jr.'s most, one of his most impactful writings is a letter from Birmingham jail. Oh, yes. We, yeah, I and, like forgot about that, yeah. And a lot of people forget about it or a lot of people don't read it. Um, but like we studied it in, not in history, we studied it in English. Uh, we studied it in like an English lens, but also discussed its causes, effects, repercussions and all of that. And his rhetoric, right? Where he says, um, like he's, what does he say? Um, I just feel like it's, it's so much more impactful when you really read it and like study it. And it's a great letter. I recommend everyone to read it, read it and try to analyze it. Um, and then also kind of the same thing, Martin Luther King and his actions and his impact is very digestible and it's very easy for people to be like, I agree with him. Right. He had a dream and blah, blah, blah. Right. But then my, again, my history teacher, Mr. Dumas, he he brought up Malcolm X and I how he literally you and I are like right here right now I was literally about to bring up Malcolm X yeah and like he brought up Malcolm X and I think Malcolm X is someone that everybody should know about but a lot of people are scared to talk about because of because, he's because he was he's not a cookie cutter you know he's not like his in, again, his impacts were insane. He made strides, but like the things that he did and the ways that he approached it aren't as digestible for the general public. And I think that is one of, a, again, many problems, but a problem is like a lot of people just want to digest what they can digest. They want to take the surface, scrape it, be like, I know this and this happened. They want to be like, okay, abolition, boom, this happened. Harriet Tubman, boom, that happened, you know, but they don't want to talk about the struggle. They don't want to talk about what really, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling, but. No, it's not. I agree with you. And I mean, that's kind of what we do in this podcast. We ramble. Maddie and I, I think we both think faster than our mouths like move. I agree with you. 
like you and I are on the same page reading the same book because mm-hmm. Malcolm X is someone who, again, I never really learned a lot about in school. And I really don't know a lot about him to this day. I know that there is a really good, from what I hear, there's a really good docu-series, I believe, on Netflix about him that I've been meaning to check out, but I have not gotten around there to it. But I'm going to put that on my list. But Malcolm X was a civil rights activist that was not as digestible as Martin Luther King Jr. I think he was able to play to both sides. And I mean, really more is that the civil rights movement was a lot of things, but a big part of it was like convincing white people that we deserve the same freedoms that this country grants them. Uh So I think what is so amazing about Martin Luther King Jr. is that he was able to sell this dream, sell this idea of racial equality in a way that people were so moved that it was like, this just obviously makes sense. And I mean, he was able to play to his audience Mm-hmm. Malcolm X, I like I said, I don't know a lot about him, but from what I understand, he was not interested in getting the white people to agree with him. He wanted to make his message clear and fight for black freedom and black power. And he was not as concerned about if the white people liked it or not. But I also want to say that even though Martin Luther King Jr. worked so hard to create this peaceful message, present this front, well, not a front, he was very about togetherness and walking hand in hand. We're all children of God, no matter what color you are, they still killed him. So. Yeah. But yes, I think, I think the conversation shouldn't stop at I have a dream. And it I should and it shouldn't begin there either. You know, like I agree. <laughs> it's like a lot of people just I don't know, yeah. I just I learned I wanna say that I, I had the privilege of learning from I we're gonna try to get him on the pod. I'll yeah, text him. I re- please do. Like I would but like love that. Like he he actively sought out different resources than our text and that our textbook, right? We read different things. We you watched different you other resources besides your textbook. Yeah, like we, yeah, that's amazing. I would just want to throw this out there. I do believe that um, textbooks are whitewashed. I know that's not really like breaking news. Yeah, he was very much involved in giving us many sources of education and allowing us to form opinions from that and so I credit a lot of my like knowledge and like I'm not gonna say spoon-fed his opinions to us because he didn't like these are formed from like many years of education under my okay boo I'm like 20 but like the education that I had um but he was very influential because a lot of people don't want to talk about um there's a lot of people don't want to talk about 
I don't know how to say it, but like, no, you know what I mean? Saying, but my big question is why? I love talking about things that make me uncomfortable. I want to figure out why it makes me uncomfortable. I want to work through that. And I feel like I've definitely had, you know, conversations with um, white people where they'll say something a little bit, I mean, racist, I'll, you know, I'll say it. And I'll say like, okay, why do you think that? Or why, why would you say that? Because I, I genuinely would love to know what your thought process is in saying that. Mm-hmm. And then they get all, you know, static. all scared and yeah. scared and staticky. And, oh, I didn't mean it like that. Uh, uh, uh. And it's like, okay, so then what did you mean? Yes. And I feel like we have to ask those types of hard-hitting questions. And I hope that people hold me to that same standard. I ask hard questions and I don't dislike being asked hard questions. I dish it and I can take it. Like, I think it's so important as young people, as leaders, leaders of, you know, the next generation, we need to be the people that are having these conversations because I mean, truly, I think that we are one of the newer generations where, and I don't want to say that, you know, everybody in America, black, white, you know, we're all walking hand in hand. Everyone's going to be aged by 2050. But we are, you know, a quote unquote more forward thinking generation. Like my mother, so I'm 20 years old. My mother was born in 1964. So the same year that the Civil Rights Act was signed was the year that my mother was born. So we have to think that we have to just remember that this history is not, you know, ancient. It's actually very recent. A generation before ours. So I think, you know, I think we tend to all be like, oh, you know, that was the past when people were just so close-minded. And it's like, no. Because those people people are still alive. Those people are still here. And I think, I think it's like, when you see on Twitter, it's like, okay, how about this? Ruby Bridges, I'm on her Wikipedia page right now. Ruby Bye-bye. Bridges was the first African-American child to attend an all-white school in the Sorry, state. yes, sorry, I was reading the wrong paragraph, right? So we talk about that, right? Ruby Bridges, a lot of the pictures we see of her going to school, black and white, we think, oh my gosh, it's probably like a hundred years ago. Dude, she's 66, Ruby Bridges is 66. So, and if you don't know who she is, please take the time to look her up. And There's I have a book about her. Wait, I have a site. I think she wrote a book, right? I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure she did. I'm not sure. But okay, if go, 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 you don't sorry. know who Ruby Bridges is, you've probably seen the picture. There's like that iconic picture of a little black girl. Well, there's a painting, I think, of it. Right? Is it a painting? There's a, there's a picture of like... Um, You've probably seen the picture of the little black girl being escorted into school by um, like U.S. Marshals. Like she gets escorted to school because there are literally mobs and she's like six years old, like kindergarten, first grade. And there are mobs of white people screaming, spitting, threatening her. She's six years old. So today, Ruby Bridges is 66 years old. 
So I want you all to really sit there and think, like how old are your parents and grandparents? This history is recent and it's so important that we talk about it. And I want you all to be a part of this conversation when we are discussing black history throughout this month. I mean, I really want you guys to, I can only hope that you guys get involved and that you guys are excited to have these conversations because Maddie and I wanna hear from you guys. And also, it's your responsibility to educate yourself. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Um, it's not the responsibility of anybody else. Yeah. I've learned that. I've had to learn that. Everyone's had, had to learn that. But, like, it's your responsibility to, like, learn what's going on. It's not cookie cutter. It, but, like, like we said, it's not just I have a dream. There's a letter from Birmingham jail. There's other things. It's not just Martin Luther King. There's Malcolm X. It's not just... And it's just, it's not just Malcolm X. Like, there are so yeah. many other important people that, you know, Maddie and I obviously won't have the time to talk about everybody who deserves our light and attention and respect, but just know that we are having these conversations outside of the space. And we hope that we can encourage you guys and inspire you guys to go and talk to your friends, your families, things like that, because... Um, it's it's just very important. So, yeah, yeah and I'm, like, yeah. What were you and then say? one more thing, like, like I said, I grew up in Southern California. Sometimes it's, sometimes, it's it's easy to be like, but but we weren't a part of that. California wasn't a. A lot of people just think, okay, civil rights, civil rights, okay, North, South, East Coast, that's where it's happening, dude. No, stuff was going down everywhere, right? It's everywhere. not. It's not just, quote unquote, slaves. It's not just past slave states. It wasn't just the South. It wasn't just stuff like that. Things were going down in California. Things were going down in other states. I get what you're saying. It's definitely, it's not just the Mason-Dixie thing. Yeah, like, you, like it's not just that side of the country's history. It's freaking everybody's and everything was happening around us. And you kind of have to be like, if you can't put yourself in a space to discuss it um, because you feel like it's so far away. Really look at the are able to be that detached from reality, God bless you. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I literally don't even understand how people are able to remove themselves from reality like that. But also, yeah. let me not say that because I, I see it every day. So yeah. And so for me, you know, that makes sense, but I mean, may God be with you. <laughs> yes. Happy Black History Month. Yes. Happy Black History Month. I know Maddie and I kind of went in, but I, Maddie, I'm really happy that you're so into having these types of conversations and, you know, I, I enjoy talking to you. So, yeah. yeah. And I think we really just scraped the historical side of it. Right. Yeah. I've taken like anthro classes and I've discussed it with my family. Like what are your biases and prejudices in your culture, in your family, in the way you were raised, where you were raised. And I really had to like, and a lot of people had to really dissect that being like, okay, why do I feel some type of way? And like, like you said, having conversations that make you uncomfortable, it's dissecting what's happening. Right. And like, we can talk about that in another future episode because it's kind of running long, but like, yeah, like we can discuss like in 
my culture, like how, how do I see, like, why do I see things the way I do? When is Asian um, American History Month? I think it's May. AAPI Month. Amer- uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Month. Uh, I, I think it's May. But I would love to have some of these discussions, you know, about your culture and things like that. that yeah, I, yeah, it is May. I, I mean, it's just like, what is, I think the kind of thing I was getting into is like really discussing like, what is the implicit bias in your culture or in your family? Because everyone has an implicit bias. I've learned that. Yeah. Implicit I mean, bias. Being human. Yeah. And it's, and it's something that you have to like acknowledge, digest, and fix. And everyone's still doing it. I don't think anyone's a perfect person. Yeah. You know, we're always going to have to continue learning and all that. But yeah, I hope, I hope you all enjoyed all of our friends listening. I hope you enjoyed it was ramble. Yeah. Go watch all the movies. Yes. That's the homework. Watch 12 years a slave. Watch birth of a nation. 2016. 2016. You can watch the old one if you really want to. I swear. I think I watched, I think we watched. I'm sure you've seen a clip. So I think we watched a clip before we watched the. Um, 2016 version so those two movies extra credit if you really want to watch the kkk film or whatever um and then look up martin luther king jr's uh letter from birmingham jail and please like reach out to us let us know what your thoughts are if there's a topic that you really want us to discuss or if any of you really want to come on and say hey i'm super passionate about this moment in black history let us know and we'll set it up. I want to look, I mean, I don't know. I got to start somewhere, but like, like we said, Black History Month shouldn't just be Civil Rights Month. It should be, there's more stuff to discuss. Yes. Like like earlier, Maddie and I are nowhere near experts. We are prepared to learn. If you heard us make a mistake, call us out. We are here to learn. We are constantly changing and evolving. We want to be as well-informed young women as possible. But with that being said, um, have a great week, guys. Yeah, stay safe. Stay warm if it's cold near you. Oh, my God. It was a big snowstorm. I saw on Twitter. Yeah, no, that didn't happen here. Oh, amazing. It was like 65 today. Girl, I hate you. All right. Happy Black History Month. Uh, Happy Black History Month. Stay safe and healthy. Bye. Bye. Bye.